Another episode of Fratello on Air. I'm Mike Stockton, coming to you from Parkland, Florida. And I'm Walsh Renzi, coming to you from Karlsruhe, Germany, still. What's up, Florida? Yeah, man. Not much. Not much. Not too much more time down here, but... Uh, when are you coming back? I'm coming back at the end of the month and get my... So next week? Yeah. And I get my second shot next week and then... Uh, Give it a few days to make sure everything is copacetic, and then I'll uh, I'll head back. Do you get a lollipop after the shot? I asked about a My Little Pony Band-Aid, and she told me they were all out. So, maybe the second time there's a chance. You could get like a Care Bear one. Yeah, maybe a Care Bear one. That's a good idea. Uh, so, yeah. It's, sonst, um, was gibt's Neues? Not not too much, you know. I'm I'm I told you I'm sort of working European hours over here, so I'm getting up pretty early, which um, isn't so fun because you get used to it, and then on the weekend you kind of throw it all away. And but the payoff, of course, is that yeah, of course it's warm here, and you can take advantage of that a little bit, and things are open. So I've been enjoying that. I did a little uh, shopping. You would like this. You, you you spent a good bit of time in the USA, but I went to a Dick's Sporting Goods. So mm. that was fun to walk around. And I um, been trying to find a uh, a new uh, Marlins cap, and because they changed okay. their uniform in the last couple of years, so did they change the logo too? Yeah, well, kind of. Um, so obviously they're they're the Miami Marlins, now not the Florida Marlins anymore. So that was a change that that happened a longer ago. But yeah, I might I might try to pick one of those up this weekend. But do you uh, need the Larry Chonka jersey? The yeah, I, I, I could use one of those. Yeah, the green one. That's that's a classic. Same as uh, it's a Dan Marino era, right? Early nineties, no, late eighties. Chonka was earlier. He was like in the uh, when they went undefeated in the seventies. Ah, yeah, could yeah, could be yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was Larry Bob Chonka. Greasy at quarterback. Yeah, he had this epic big black mustache. Yeah, he did Larry have Chonka. quite the mustache. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, been enjoying that. A lot of good seafood stuff like that. It will be tough mm. to go back on the. Just in terms of the the personal freedom piece, but it will be great to see my family. So for that sure. part's good. For sure, for sure. So, how about you? Uh not much here. Today was the first time that I've been in the city since I don't even know. A few weeks ago, I was there on a Sunday to to pick up a coffee with some friends, but that the that part of the the city there's a there's a huge square in front of the Naturkunde Museum. I've not been since probably November, December, and there's a there's a langosh uh, food truck. You know, the, you know this Hungarian uh, deep fried thingy langosh. No, you don't. I do. Yeah, you do. Right. So uh, there's a there's a, a lady Hungarian lady who does it, and I took my boys uh, Muri and Musti <laughs> from uh, from the office uh, for some langosh, and we. We in the lunch break, you know, we just drove there, picked up the food. It was nice because it was good weather. People were out, kind of social distancing with everybody. It's a huge square with like a, a fountain, so everybody was around the water and around the food truck. It was uh, good times. We had a coffee, and then we came back. Uh, Those are the guys you run home. with and stuff. Um, I run with them as in work, but no, I don't. I don't jog with them. No, 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 no. I do it myself. No, they, uh, they are. They're working with with uh, with me at the the, the team, and um, there's a, a fourth uh, guy, Matthias, but he had a dentist appointment, so <laughs> he wasn't able to to chew. But uh, yeah, it was the three of us, and um, it's good stuff. But uh, yeah, and you know when you have these things, you we realize what you're missing. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, that little story of the day. <laughs> well, it. it's um, 
yeah, you do start to really appreciate these different things. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I will say to you, um, you know, here, because things are wide open in Florida, you know, people wearing masks and stuff, but the good thing is that, um, when it does return, I can tell you here, things are busy. Um, and you do reintegrate. Uh, it's on your mind, and mm. you know, probably wouldn't waltz yourself into like a packed arena. That stuff doesn't really happen yet either. But you know, hockey and hockey is happening here with limited seating. Baseball is happening with limited seating. So they're they're slowly coming back, and yeah. it's getting a good reception. So. I saw it on the news that the NBA is opening up. I mean, uh, more and more teams are opening up the stadium for fans. Uh, I think the Lakers opened last week as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, of course, if you're if you can push the numbers down, if you get vaccinated as many people as possible, um, which is not what Germany is doing. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna uh, not say it just because I live here. It's uh, ridiculous, but well, we talked about this already, so. Nothing new. Um, so no news on my side other than this little uh, lunch break getaway to the city center. But as far as I know, you have some news. So why don't you break it? Well, I, you know, I just wanted to mention, you know, one of our good friends, Jason Heaton, had some news today. He, uh, he announced the uh, pre-order of his book, which is called Depth Charge. So... If you go to depthchargenovel.com, you can order a book. And unfortunately, sending to Europe is pretty darn expensive. But Yes, Jason. Yeah. Make it if, happen. If you're fortunate to um, live stateside um, or you know, you're a big big fan of Jason's stuff, you should you should order one. I mean, I, I like his writing on, on Hodinki and wherever he writes, he writes gear patrol different places or has in the past and he's a good writer and we all know he's a, a lover of adventure and different things so he's he says he's written a book that's a bit in the vein of um kind of uh the, the old bond uh books and i think um it should be fun so i think he also worked on it in jamaica didn't he in the same hut or in the same holiday resort that um, yeah, what's wasn't it called? This, um, not Spyglass. The Goldeneye, wasn't it? The Goldeneye, Goldeneye was there the, you go. I think the, he yeah, was there the, a bit. There is, so. Right. Yeah, he's a great guy. Jason is a nice, very nice guy. Um, dying breed in the watch industry um, when it comes to being humble and, and down to earth. And, and, um, and the only thing is, it's just, just shipping is too expensive to Germany, but I guess I have to order it regardless. Now, what, what I didn't see here... Um, well, or what I didn't check out, uh, but it says there are ebooks available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So I don't know mm -hmm. with Amazon yet, like Amazon Germany, if they have it, but it'll probably come and um, it looks cool. So it's uh, let's let's hope it's good. So congrats to Jason for publishing that, and um, I can't wait to read it. For sure. So, have so you ordered was, it? I did order it. Yeah. And, um, well, we'll see if it gets here before I, uh, before I jet out. That was the question as well. Let's, let's do a little bit of a wrist check and then we'll yeah. announce our topic today, which is sehr spontan or very <laughs> spontaneous. How about that? So Balash, what, what is adorning? It's a bilingual podcast you're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> what is on your hand galanks today? Um, so I'm wearing, uh, something that. Came in the mail mm. a few weeks ago. Um, it's the new Doxa Sub 300 with the carbon, forged carbon case. So a few weeks ago, Doxa released a bunch of colors, uh, well, a bunch of models actually, uh, in the carbon case. So far, we've only seen the carbon, the forged carbon Sub 300 um, with a limited edition Aqualung. And a few weeks ago, Doxa released it in pretty much every doxa color um the classics so the black the orange the yellow and the gray and then there's a dark blue one and there's also turquoise and i think that's it six colors um with either a black or a 
uh, color matching rubber straps. So mine is actually, that's not mine. It's a review piece, as I said. But this model is forged carbon case, yellow dial, and black rubber strap. And um, I love it. I, I love the limited edition. But this is also pretty sweet, you know. The profile of the case is the sub-300, the vintage sub-300. So it's very thin with a dome bezel, uh, dome crystal, sorry, um, carbon bezel, carbon case, black hands. It's an awesome, awesome watch. I love it quite a lot, I have to say. Yeah, I don't you're, want to give it back, I think we sorry. spoke about the, um, the limited edition one and how I wasn't really initially a fan, but I read yeah. nothing but positive reviews and you just gave another one. So I've clearly got to see one of these in the metal. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The size and everything is, is fantastic. Cause that original 300 is, is a really neat watch. Yeah. Well, if you are in the mood of driving your car down to Karlsruhe for one Saturday, Am when I you come back, then we can grab a coffee and I'll show you the watch. I'll show you around, baby. How about we do that in a couple of weeks? Yeah, whenever. I mean, that's, I'm not really doing much these days. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't think I will be either. So I'll, I'll bring so, the uh, I'll bring the sports car down and uh, right. We do it. So you have an afternoon, few hours, just drive down, and um, I can show you to watch. It's a pretty neat piece. But speaking of neat pieces, I don't know what you're wearing, but I know that's something special because I just saw it on the on the screen. So oh, did you? Yeah, I just saw the the side that it's a gold piece. It is gold, and I'm with uh, I'm I'm uh, down here in Florida at uh, at the house I grew up in, and my dad was um, good enough to take something out of the bank for me to wear for a bit and take some pictures. So this is a um, I guess an early '90s IWC Mark Twelve in gold, which is nice. Yeah, it's, saw it's a, it on Instagram. Yeah, the, and these are pretty uncommon, and and sort of rightfully so. They were, you know, IWC was kind of sinfully expensive back then. Not that they're inexpensive these days, but um, gold obviously was was tremendously expensive. And I remember he bought this watch down in the Caribbean. We were on a on a cruise, and I can't remember if it was like Saint Martin or Saint Thomas, but you know, the watch shops were always a real big thing for us to go and peruse. And IWC was, was really a big deal back then. Um, they had become a big deal. This was when, um, well, I guess Lothar Schmidt was there, right? From uh, mm -hmm. Zen. So he was yeah. managing this sort of professional watch line, the GSTs, and then also Porsche design. He was, he was in charge of that stuff as well. So I have the stainless version of this watch on a beads of rice bracelet and they sold this gold one as well as a platinum one, by the way, with, um, with a beads of rice or this black Buffalo strap and, you know, the, the bracelet, which my dad now wishes he bought, um, was just so expensive. It was insane. And, you know, he got a good deal on it down there. Those shops were always known for negotiating well. And of course he saved on some tax. Um, but I always really like this watch. I know some people still don't love the date window, but to me, it's just, it's now old enough. I, I, you kind of give date windows a pass when a watch hits a certain age, I feel like. Um, but they, they really had a nice design with this watch. It's my favorite of the Mark series. I know the JLC movement is supposedly finicky. I've never had a problem with mine. My dad's never had a problem with his. It runs well, and he wore the heck out of it. Um, one neat thing about this Balash, and, and I don't know, this is something maybe for us to research, but, you know, the I have like an old Omega from 1970 that's gold-plated the... Um, uh, I'm going to forget the model, but the Seamaster DeVille with the, uh, the date window at, um, nine o'clock. So it's basically mm -hmm. the same movement that the bullhead used mm -hmm. and it has its stamp for the type of material on the top side of the upper left lug. And, mm -hmm. you know, certain countries, it seemed like customs just didn't care where they put that stamp. They just, and that was apparently a Portuguese stamp. So this one actually has the you mean the hallmark yeah is yeah the, sorry yeah 
These hallmarks are on the side of the case. So it's literally on the left side of the case, which if I fast forward today, when companies like put a little plaque on the side of the case, I find it horrible. But on this one, I find it kind of neat. Um, and I, I don't know if that was a, a customs thing or if IWC purposely chose that. I've not really looked at length at other models that maybe ship to other markets. But anyhow, I really like the watch. It's got a solid gold case back, which is just super cool. And yeah, I, I, I would wear this watch. I would wear the heck out of this watch. So uh, it's unfortunately not mine, um, but it's fun to wear right now. I was about to ask, uh, hopefully the customs are not listening, but are you going to bring it back to Germany or you leave it in Florida with your dad? Not unless I pull off a five-finger discount with my dad. <laughs> I don't think he's giving it up. So, which Just good lease him, it for so. a few months until you go back again. No, yeah. it's a cool watch. I loved, I saw it on Instagram. I love it. And I think it's, a, as you said, it's a, um, a rather uh, special um, version of a watch you basically can find on, on well, Chrono 24 and any other website in steel, mm-hmm. but in gold, you don't really see it in the metal too often. So no. it's a funky piece indeed. I didn't see one this time. Um, I saw a bracelet for sale some years back for, I don't know, something obscene, like four or $5,000. And yeah, there, there's a handful of the steel ones on. They're not that common either, it seems. They went through a period, I feel like, five years ago where they were pretty expensive and they came down in price and now they're starting to rise a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. what's, you know. what's the price on these these days, do you know? I mean, I, I, I as think we said, the, there are many around. For the steel ones or the gold? No, for the gold. Yeah, the gold ones, I see them listed between eight and nine. I mean, I don't know what they really sell for. I think that was a, the price around new and... You know, maybe you could have a negotiation, um, but, you know, neat watch. Which year is this from? I'd say early 90s. So, Mark 12, tritium dial, um, 36 millimeter. Let me check if... if, uh, But if you just look up Mark 12 and gold, you can see, or IWC Mark 12, there's not that many for sale. Right. So there's um, there's one on Chrono 24 with the strap, 7.2 euros. Okay. There's a bunch um, of steel ones for 3.9, So anywhere between 3.1 and 4.7. Yeah. Um, there's even one in platinum, by the way. Yep. Did you know that? Yep. They made it in platinum, 11.5. So yeah, 3.2 to 4.7. Uh, for the steel, and there's one, as I said, U.S. dealer, seven thousand two hundred and thirty-three euros from New York. Yeah, I IWC always thought thirty-two forty-one reference. I, I always thought that this is kind of a nice alternative to like an Explorer. Although, as I mm-hmm. mentioned, um, and Robert John likes to mention every single time I mention a Mark Twelve, is that the JLC movement is somewhat fragile. But I always like to counter with him that. You know, a subset of two watches here have never had a problem. So yeah, you go. Maybe, maybe he's just uh, I don't know using a jackhammer out on the driveway to uh, you know put in a basketball hoop or something. And what, we his, also know he loves IWC. IWC. Yeah. yeah, he loves the brand. So, <laughs> yeah. no, that's, so a, that's a that's a cool piece. Yeah, thanks. So um, today we've got what I would call a rather spontaneous episode. And we we came up with the idea today to ask each other two questions. It can be anything watch-related, zero preparation. So Balash doesn't know my two questions to him, and he doesn't, I don't know his two questions. Um, so we're going to ask each other those questions, and we'll give a kind of a brief response ourselves because we've obviously had time to think about our own questions. Now, I only can hope that our two questions aren't the same. What what would, <laughs> what so. would happen there? I oh. don't, man. <laughs> I mean, I bet your dead light if you see they're not the same. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> On this talk, so. well, uh, no, I don't think so. All right. So, you want to so, go first? Yeah, I'll go first. So, okay. this isn't my question, but this helps set up my preamble. So, how many years now have you been with Fertillo? It will be seven in July, 2014, July I started. 
Yeah. So, so let's say, you know, seven years is kind of a big thing, right? It's like the seven year mm-hmm. itch. Yeah. Yeah. So, and lucky number seven, we can, we can find all kinds of reasons. Uh, seven, seven, seven is, yeah. Seven dwarves, seven, 11, seven, 11. Uh, yeah. So seven years with Fratello and, um, uh, Robert John, we all know how gracious and generous he is. Uh, opens the wallet all the time. You know, need a hundred bucks here, hundred bucks there. He hands it out like uh, like nothing. You know, the hot cakes. Yeah, yeah. So he decides to call you and says, "Balash, I'm such an influential guy in the industry. I've put together something here. I am going to award you a golden ticket." Okay, mm-hmm. so. You know, DHL, after numerous delays, um, finally delivers this golden ticket. Even though it's within the EU, you have to fill up customs paperwork and all kinds of things like that. <laughs> it, uh, it arrives, your golden ticket. Mm-hmm. And you find on this golden ticket that you have to drive to, hmm, what's a city? Pick, pick a city that you, you would like to drive to right now. Um. Well, let's go Geneva. That's a nice okay. ride. Geneva. All right. It's not in the EU, but we'll say as part of this golden mm. ticket, your your customs. Okay, wait, EU. Now let's do do Paris because that's okay. in the EU and that's like a five hour drive from here. Four or five Perfect. hour drive. Paris. I like that. So you're going to Paris, and um, what Robert John has been able to set up. Let's say it. It's in that big uh, palace where they do those expositions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have there. Every single current watch brand is there, yeah? Mm-hmm. And they have their complete lineup on display. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're talking everything from Daniel Wellington to Richard mm-hmm. Neal, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and by the way, all the salespeople are friendly because you have a golden ticket. And You're in France, man. Remember. That's true. It has to be believable. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got your golden ticket. You walk in, Mm -hmm. and your golden ticket affords you any single watch that is currently on sale today. Mm -hmm. And you you can have it. But two catches. Here's the catch. Yeah? Two catches. Mm -hmm. Number one, you can't sell the watch. After I got it. Right. So Mm -hmm. you, you have to keep it. Number two, you have to wear this watch. I, I was debating between four out of seven days or five out of seven days a week. Mm. So I will say four out of seven because you're a watch collector. And I know that you know wearing the same watch every single day is tough. And five days is, is really getting on the whole week. So... Four out of seven days a week. What do you choose? Hmm. That's a good question. Now, I, I kind of set those rules up because, you know, a lot of people would go with a really ornate um, hotelogerie type watch, which is totally fine. You've got companies out there like Moser who espouse that their tourbillon can be taken to the gym and... uh Mm-hmm. You know, that, that escapement can just be like pulled out like a cartridge and changed. Um, but, you know, it kind of weeds out the really fragile, uh, complicated pieces for, for everyday life. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I'll trust the brand. I mean, I have to say that I'm not wearing watches all the time, right? As soon as I come home, for example, I take my watch off. If I if I do something around the house, I don't wear a watch. I, I When I'm at home, I don't really wear a watch. So I put my watch on when I leave the house and I take it off as soon as I come home. That, I've been doing this ever since I'm wearing a watch. So this is not because I'm, I'm afraid of, you know, scratching them or, or dinging them up, whatever. So, and I'm trusting the brand. And my, my, Exit watch was the 5970 Patek. Don't ask me why. 
I'm not really, you know me, I'm not a Patek guy, I'm not into that type of stuff, but the 5970 has been always, it has always been my my exit watch, but the 5970 is not a current production model, but the 5270P is, which is the platinum case, salmon dial. Um, This is like a very heavily vintage-inspired chronograph. It's a beautiful piece, it has a salmon dial, as I said, a sil- like a silver tone, like a platinum case. Uh, it has a chronograph, a moon phase. It's a perpetual calendar, um, 41 millimeters in, in size, I think 12-something um, thickness or height. Um, and it comes on a leather strap. So to me, this is the, the best, yeah, vintage-inspired modern piece complication by by Patek Philippe. And if I can get the 5970, I'd like to have the 5270P in, in platinum. And I tried it on Basel a few years ago and I just love the watch. And I can I can imagine this piece. You know, I could wear it with with t-shirt and jeans. Hell even with shorts and shirts, I don't care. Um so four days out of out of seven, that works for me, man. I don't so this mind. Is, so, so you you were kind of like going down this path. So this is your choice, huh? That would be my choice, yeah. Because, yeah, I could go with the Speedy, of course. I could go with the Platinum Speedy, one of those special ones that we that we know exist. Or I can go with like a Rolex Yachtmaster or something like that. That's like a, a bulletproof watch. Or our RMs are not really my thing. I think they're 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 fashion wave. I like them. They're nice, but. And the Patek is very classy. I give you that. It's very elegant, maybe even too elegant for um, every day. But dude, it's free. Who cares? You know, that yeah, would be I my mean, choice. It's um, it's a good choice. Um, I I honestly didn't have any idea what you would say. I really didn't. Um, yeah. I, I I had no clue. So. You surprised me, let's say, because I didn't know what you'd say. So yeah, the fifty the fifty two seventy is a night it's a beautiful piece. I think you have it in front of you, right? Yeah, I'm looking at it and my beef with it is hmm. it uh, like I don't love the lugs. I, I like a watch where they flow more out of the case. Um I also don't really care for rectangular pushers and True. Yeah. And then the last thing that, and this is just me, um, I've never liked a moon phase on a watch or, or a calendar like that. I, I just like a traditional chronograph. It's just too much going on for me. And a moon phase just sort of gives me angst, I guess. It's just like too much going on. I and mean, I for you, I think then it's the 5370, which is the 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 platinum Rattrapon with the two subdials and the, the third pusher in the crown. That's a beautiful piece too. Yeah, it, it's nice. It, it's definitely. Um, yeah. I, I think the. Do they still make the um, fifty-one seventy? I believe. Is that still made today? I don't know. I don't or even the. So. Um, 50, I'm looking here at the fifty-one seventy-two. That I like. Hmm. That, I think that's a modern one because that got a bit of flack for looking a bit too much like a lot of things. I think that came out a couple years ago, um, the same year that Breitling brought out the uh, premiere, and there were a lot of uh, discussions about syringe hands. And um, but it, it would still be more my flavor. But yeah, um, so that's so first off, good too. choice, and I, and I will tell you mine. I. I really didn't use my golden ticket for something super expensive. Um, I just thought about myself and the fact that, for example, um, I wore my, you know, I wore my Explorer day in and day out for over 10 years. And I know what kind of watch that I can deal with on a day-to-day basis. And I was fortunate enough to go to Geneva um, last September. And I, I have to say like the, the integrated lug craze has sort of, I've, I've, I've subscribed to it. I I find them cool. Um, I've tried on, I'll get back to Geneva in a sec. I've tried on a Royal Oak before. 
Um, cool watch, but not really nice to my wrist fur. And I tried on the Nautilus, which I, I like better. I know people are very, very in one camp or the other. For me, I like the Nautilus better than the Royal Oak, and I like the bracelet better as well. It's just more comfortable for me. But my choice would be the Moser Streamliner. Yeah. With the green dial. So yeah. Not the chronograph version, but I really like that watch. Um, I can it, see that. It, it it fits my wrist beautifully. And I made the comment, I think, on a show before that I talked to uh, Edward Melon, the, uh, who you speak with or chat with quite frequently, I think. Um, yeah. he's He and I are like the same, uh, same height and everything. And I tried the watch on and it fit my wrist perfectly. Like the bracelet was sized and I was like, wow. And he goes... Yeah, he goes, we have the same wrist size. So I tried on his watch. And so it's sort of like when I'm buying a Ming, I know that the founder has a has a wrist similar to mine. So probably every watch they're going to make is, is going to potentially fit me. So that would be That's mine. That's not a bad choice. And I, That's and not I a think, bad choice at all. Yeah, kind of like you said, I could wear it with, you know, you wear it to the pool, you could wear it to out to a really nice dinner or whatever, you know, you could, um, you wear that daily. So that's my choice. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great choice. I, I had it, you know, I, I, you know, that I reviewed the watch and I couldn't wear it because uh, I think I told this, uh, in one of the previous podcasts that the watch arrived and it was so small mm. that like I could put like three fingers or four fingers through it. It was very, very small. So I couldn't wear it. I, I couldn't close it. But yeah, it's a, it's, it's a solid choice. Okay. So Patek 5270P and a Streamliner. I think um, I think that's, a, that's not a bad lineup. It's not a bad uh, two-watch collection, if you ask me. Well, we can hang out. And I know if uh, trouble goes down, you're the one who's going to get uh, beat up first, so. Oh yeah, probably yeah. Chop my 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 arm off <laughs> for the watch for sure. Okay, so um, so here goes my question, right? Uh oh. There's this talk about um the EU trying to control and limit social media, right? There is talks about trying to limit Facebook and what they can post and who can post and what's visible and what's not same for Instagram. And so um, when it comes to Instagram, we know that, you know, you love a good wrist roll on Instagram. <laughs> you live for that stuff. So if the EU decides to limit social media, I mean, one could say that you're a wrist roll connoisseur in a way. So if the EU limits social media, and if you had to see only one wrist roll, which is the last one before the limitation starts. Whenever you log into Instagram for the rest of your life, which what or for the rest of well social media's life, which watch would that be? I mean, in, in other words, what is the one watch that you can never get enough of getting wrist rolled on social media? Well, so so let me can I clarify? Um Your sure. Honor, um, please. So, you sort of mean, you know, if I if if I had to deal with one watch, and a wrist roll is going to have to go in my face every single every time. Every what is the one you... watch that I could sort mm -hmm. of put up with? Is that is that what you're saying? Right. Every time you log into your Instagram, you see this post. It could be my post or RJ's, but it's. It's always a wrist roll. Of course, there are other posts, but the first post is always a wrist roll of this <laughs> of this watch. And, Could and be I my post. I, I don't. Well, you know who would, uh, at least in the past, would have um, would have just absolutely, um, you know, taken sheer pleasure in in uh, antagonizing me was Daniel. Yeah, D Boogie. So Daniel would have would have happily done that, but. All right, so actually, I, I've got this figured out. Yeah. Um, now, is it always the same exact one, or same will it be... exact post, same okay, exact crystal, same, same exact watch, all the time? Every time you log into your Instagram, you see this post. That's the first post you see after you see so, all whatever you want. 
So a lot of people, I think, will be disappointed with the first word that I'm going to throw up here. But my my answer is a Rolex. Mm-hmm. And the model is simple. I mean, th- these questions, I think you got to go, got to go a bit with your gut. You know, you don't want to think about it too long. And this came immediately to mind. And I think it is one of my favorite watches of all time. And unfortunately, the ship has well sailed. And, um, you know, unless I sold a whole bunch of stuff or waited years and years, and hopefully they don't keep going up in price. But that watch, Balash, would be the Rolex Submariner 1680-8 in blue. Okay, 1680-8 in blue. So the original Submariner date, gold case, gold oyster bracelet, blue bezel, blue dial that, you know, they've often gone purpley or just heavily tropical, but I'm actually okay with it in its blue form. But I love that watch. Mm -hmm. And that, if I had to put up, with a wrist roll, I think that's the only watch that could sort of brighten my day on a wrist roll. <laughs> and obviously, I, I it obviously has to come, week, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's it obviously has to come on a bracelet. So yeah, it's got not, not on a a, not on a leather strap or a rubber NATO or, anything or like whatever. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that watch. No, it's up there. It's up there. You probably weren't expecting that answer, were you? No, I was not. Well, really, I, I, to be honest, I thought you would say something vintage, but I thought more around the vintage psycho uh, diver, you know, watches because I thought, well, you might, you might, you know, I think want to see them rather than whatever. So I think maybe I chose it also because it's something I don't have and mm-hmm. I want. Um, so it's something I own, you know. Mm-hmm. No, so that's, about, that's, yeah so f- funnily enough when i when i thought about the question um i also had to think about my answer and i also thought rolex and that's the rolex that i have with a bit of change so that's the gmt master 1675 uh from the mid to late 60s but I don't have the original riveted bracelet. I have a later oyster bracelet, and I have the original um, Jubilee, and I I love it on the original, you know, riveted oyster bracelet. Mm-hmm. I like that the look. I like the feel. I I never, obviously, as I said, I didn't. I don't have the bracelets. I never felt the the watch on that bracelet. But how that watch feels and looks on my wrist, granted. The wrist roll will not be of my wrist. It could be anybody's wrist. Might be but, my hairy uh, wrist. For example, yeah. <laughs> or somebody else who shaves it. God knows. Um, you never know. But but I, I I really love the that watch. I love how thick or thin the case is. I love the the crystal. I mean over the bezel. I I like the look. I like the and this, you would- this you would mm-hmm. pick your era sixteen seventy five. Yeah, late six. So mine is from sixty seven. So I would pick a, a GMT Master sixteen seventy five from the late sixties. So the one with the big GMT triangle hand, not the earlier version with the small hand, and on the original riveted bracelet, oyster bracelet. Nice. That That's would a be a choice. nice intro, you know. I I think you know as far as. Um, you know, photogenic watches just because of the, um, the bezel, frankly, um, the Pepsi GMT, the early ones like that just are incredible. I mean, the same watch in different lighting takes on a lot of different, um, characteristics and can really look like a different watch. And then of course you could line up 10 different GMTs from the same year and they all look different. So yeah, it's it is a really versatile watch in that regard, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful combination, as you said, of the black dial, the matte black dial, the steel, the silver color of the steel case, the blue, the red, the oftentimes deep yellow beige um, loom 
the red GMT hand. I think it's yeah, it's really a, a beautiful watch. So that would be my choice. Oh, that's a that's a really good choice. Thank you. It's a really good choice. I I wonder if I chose a sixteen seventy five. What I'd like to see. I really like the gilt gloss version. So the uh, mid sixties, mm-hmm. um, right before they went matte. Um, I'm not a fan of like the um, the earlier versions with the track around the dial as much. I, I like them, but to me, they they look almost too. They're so old and fragile and valuable that at least the gilt gloss starts to look more like a modern one or or a, mm-hmm. or a more or a more modern vintage piece, if that makes sense. So. Right. But yeah, I, I remember asking our, our buddy Eric Wind about those um, a couple years ago when I was shopping for a 1675. And um, yeah, I would have gotten kicked out of the house had I gone in that direction. So um, that was, they're truly expensive, aren't they? So yeah. No, but the 1675 is, to me, that's the, that's the greatest um, GMT master. I'm with you. It's it's really good. Sixteen seven fifty, I think, is great too. Um, sure, and the sixteen seven hundred too. I mean, the, I, I've had tried on mo- almost all, of, if not all of them, but really none of them gives me the feeling that a sixteen seventy five does on the strap, on the bracelet, jubilee oyster doesn't matter. I've never put it on a rubber ever, ever, or a NATO. But on a on a leather strap, on a nice leather strap, hand stitched, tapered leather strap, or if you put it on a jubilee and then you put it on an oyster, it's such a big difference. Very it's different watch. And bracelet. Very yeah, different watch. It's just a bracelet. Yeah. So I'm for some reason for the last year and a half I've been camp jubilee, but maybe I'll switch it up and, and see. Yeah. Then you got a new watch for you at least you feel you have a new watch for a few weeks. Absolutely. So we go Rolex and Rolex. Not bad, eh? Surprising, I, I kind of kind of think, but you know. Hey. Mm-hmm. And both from sort of the same within the same right. ten year period. So right. sixties, early seventies, yeah. So all right, my second question. My second question is another hypothetical one. Mm. So in our world here, and and hopefully people who read our articles uh, see this, um, we're pretty. We we like to share our opinions on watches. We also like to talk a little bit about sometimes what could have been or what we would have liked to have seen. And you know, we'll see new watches and go, "Oh wow, that's great!" But um, and usually that relates to something like a date window. The material, the crystal, the movement type, whether it's automatic versus manual wind. Um, so my question to you, because, yeah, you've got strong opinions. You are the brand CEO for, I don't want to say a day because it takes longer than a day. We know that in this industry, but let's say for a period. And during your tenure there. You have the ability to come out with whatever watch you want at this brand. So you can pick any brand that's mm-hmm. currently in existence. Yeah. And and that's a pretty wide berth, I think. Even some of your favorite historical brands are around, although sure. looking much different. But you can go as creative as that. So you have the opportunity to come out with one watch. Um, it can be, you know, a slight detail on a current watch. It can be the resurrection of an old model with a, a fresh spin. It can be a reissue, whatever it is, but you can come out with one watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you can bring back something that was canceled a year ago that you thought they shouldn't have. I don't know, whatever you want. Um, what would it be? Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. I like the additions. I like them because oftentimes they're very similar to the original one. They're true homage pieces. Other times they're a bit different, maybe in size or even looks. And again, other times they're super different. It's only the name, as you kind of mentioned, is the same. 
Um, but whenever I see a re-edition, and I really, I look at my my articles from last year, I dealt with a lot of them. I really dig them. But whenever I look at a re-edition, it always makes me want the old one. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. So I would not do a re-edition. Brand, which brand? I don't know. So let me think. But so I would not do a re-edition. You could do it. On the other di- hand, you could do a digital Rolex. I could. Uh, I could. I'm, I'm just a, telling a you that's a, that's as wild as you could go. You could do anything. Yeah. Yeah, I could. I could do that. Um, but you're not. Yet, yeah, yet I think that what I really enjoy, aside from vintage, and as I said. When I look at a modern watch, a re-edition of, or a modern edition of a vintage watch, I always want the vintage, so that's that's out of the way. I really love what the independents do. Mm. I love HYT for what they did with you know putting liquid into a mechanical watch. Same goes for Resonance. Resonance is a very distinct-looking timepiece, right, or timepieces. But what they do, I I I quite like that. Same goes for Moser. We just talked about them. Same goes for, I don't know, obviously MBNF. I'm not the biggest MBNF fan, but still, Laurent Ferrier, Philippe Dufour. I like that stuff, right? So I would probably go indie. I would not do a Rolex or Omega. I mean, Omega has a pretty cool CEO, I, I, I have to tell you. I think we, we both agree on that. Absolutely. Just just today, when we, today is what is today Thursday when we're recording the podcast, RJ's interview just came out with him, uh, Reinhard Ashliman. So he's 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 a good guy. He should stay where he is. So I would go indie, but which brand? But you know you. what? Can I flip that and come up with my own brand? As a CEO, use my power. You can, but you got to tell us what the watch is going to be. Well, usually when a brand comes out, they start with a simple version, right? Time only, maybe a GMT with a date, stuff like that. I'll definitely go with it, start with a chronograph. And I don't even think my, my brand would need to have a lot of models. Chronograph, in a, in a vintage-inspired but modern case, Mechanical manual wind movement has to be column wheel, chronograph uh, movement, pump pushers, because we love pump pushers more than we love flat pushers. Um, But with some modern features, you know, I'm not sure if it's obviously not a carbon case, but, you know, we just talked about Vanta Black off the air. So that could be something nice. or maybe carbon inside a movement or silicon, something with a a vintage-inspired watch with a modern twist, with a case that is is also modern, but you see the features of a vintage watch and possibly a case shape that you can recognize instantly and associate with that brand. Um, Laurent Ferrier, for example, they, they have those cases. They look a bit like... Panerai, a bit cushion, but when you know Laurent Ferrier, you look at a watch, you know that okay, that's that's them. oh yeah. So something like that, along the lines of Laurent Ferrier, mix mix him with 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 Moser and their kind of design, their aesthetic. ideas, their design, yeah, how daring they are with colors. Bit of I love the marketing they do. I told this to Ed many times. Really love how they how they put those pieces to the market. So something like that. I wouldn't say this brand or that brand, but it it could be something like that. Maybe put Laurent Ferrier, Moser, and Ressence in a mixer. Press the start button, and then add a bit of a, a bit of La Jupere chronograph movement in the caliber in there, and come up with something. That's what I would do. All right. That was that's what I would do. I'm not gonna. And in you, a steel man. case, in a steel case, because I don't want the price to be. Super, super high. I want people to be able to buy it. Right. And enjoy it. Yeah. That's what I would do. You went pretty creative. You're like thinking about a business plan and everything. 
Man's got to do what a man's got to do. What about you, though? Man, I'm going to sound incredibly uncreative here. Mm. So, mine is... (laughs) Rolex. No, it's not. Um, And by the way, when I'm CEO for a bit, it won't take long. Um, It's only because this person has gone off on a well-deserved sabbatical or maybe he's stepping in on another brand to help them out or something like that. So he'll be back um, because it is Omega. Mm -hmm. So we don't want Reynold to go anywhere. Mm -mm. Um, My choice, I've wanted one of these for a long, long time, is I would like a white dialed Speedmaster professional as a regular model. Hmm. with you know whatever you know whether it's um you know not black. a panda nope white white cocaine white because you're in florida sure but hmm. black bezel you know some black details on the dial so i would want it to be a little bit sportier so really like have it in my head and and maybe it wouldn't work perfectly but think about the exact opposite of the black model. So everything that's black is white and white is black type thing. So inverted dial basically. Yeah. Now, again, we got to see if that works completely, or if there's a need for a little bit of uh, brushed uh, metal handiwork there, mm-hmm. but I, do, I don't want it to be too dressy looking. So if you think about like the polar Explorer, when it, you know, the old one, mm-hmm. how the original models, I think were more silver back silver, um, or white gold surrounds, and then it went to black around the um, indices. Mm-hmm. I like the sportier look a little bit better with the black. So I've always I've always thought that that would be great. I mean, I I I get it. Like the Speedmaster and the Submariner are sort of like these two sports watches that kind of stand alone. And mm-hmm. if you think about a, a a regular plain old Submariner, it's only a black dial. And if you think about a Speedmaster, it's only a black dial. So I get it that it's only available in, in steel in that the that one color. But I'd like a white dialed version. I think it'd look great. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? <clears throat> white dial Speedmaster with the... Because you were saying sporty. the 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 red and white... Scale from the taint tin, mm. but in black and gray on the white dial. That looked pretty cool. I'd like to see it. Yeah. I'd like to see it. The white dial, as you said, black indexes, and then the black and and gray uh, two tone racing, well, racing scale or whatever you want to call it, could be nice. I think. Um... You know, especially with that new step dial and everything they've got going on, uh, they've they've got some some things to play with, and we know mm-hmm. well, we've already seen a couple. Well, the the Snoopy used that that step dial, so and the gold, the moonshine did. So they, they'll have some some things to play with, but you know that watch to me just became a lot more attractive overall with the new bracelet. You know, it just fits my wrist better. So I think. Um, some more variate variants on the theme in steel would be, would be pretty mm. cool. You know, what's interesting about your choice. We're talking about they just released it. What? No, I guess <laughs> no, not. but, but that's well, but that's, yeah, that's what I'm going to like. We're talking about like theoretical ideas. I can see this happening in the next five years. I mean, the, the last regular production, alternative to Speedmaster Professional and Steel was the Tintin, wasn't it? Yeah. And I guess before that, what was it? That chocolate Sapphire Speedmaster? Remember that one? Mm -hmm. Didn't do very well. Um, But so it's not unheard of for them to come out with another regular production variant in Steel, but it's been a while. So you're right. It's not, it wouldn't be unheard of. Um, And they did do a white dial didn't they for like the Italian market or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, twenty there years were, ago or something. Yes, but that was also more silverish, I would say, than than plain. Not that not the Snoopy white white. You know, it was more of a a silver tone. But I'm think I'm I think you're thinking Snoopy white, like yes. cocaine white. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like thinking flat white. 
you know, not eggshell beige, not silver, thick and white with some texture, literally the opposite of the current model. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can see that happening in the next five years, maybe as a limited edition, but not a, not a, not a speedy Tuesday three guys (laughs) before anybody starts to put two and two together. But yeah, it would be awesome. All right. Okay. So here my la- is my last question. Oh, man, I'm um, nervous, by the way. No, no, no. It's it's a it's a bit of an artsy question, right? Oh. So what I'm what I'm wondering is, what's your favorite part of the day, any day, a day in general, and if you had to assign a watch to that part of the day, which watch would that be? Watch or I mean brand or model. You, if you look at your day, any day, every day, you know, what's the best part of your day, your most favorite part of your day, and what would be the watch to to assign to that part or that you would enjoy wearing? It could also be just a brand, but yeah. probably you have a model in mind. So this is like um, not on a given day of the week, but the same time just, every it, day. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even have to be every day, but... Um, you know, like, do you, are you an early guy? You love getting up in the morning and smelling coffee and sitting in the kitchen waiting for the family to wake up or you're the type of guy when the, when your daughter goes to sleep and Susanna is, I don't know, in the bathroom and you're just sitting at the living room watching TV, you know, what's your, or when you're having dinner with the family, like what's your favorite part of, of the day in general and what's the watch that you would love to wear? Or that you do wear, basically, could could happen that you do it all the time. Yeah. So I, um, I think my favorite part of the day is it, it, it's got to be. Um, I think it's Friday night. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's Friday, very specific time. You know, normal days. Get home from work. Generally, you know, a little bit earlier than other days. So you wind down a little bit. Um, now, all right, if you're home, what, whatever. But, you know, normally Friday night, uh, my wife and I would go out for a couple cocktails and then go to dinner. And mm-hmm. I think you've been there, but we always go to the same cocktail bar, Antony's in Frankfurt. And, mm-hmm. You know, that's something that I look forward to, especially as you get to the back part of the week, you know, just um, it's a place that we go and we feel comfortable. We can sit down and have a great conversation and really, you know, you you sort of let the week, the steam out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for, for me, that usually means coming home, getting changed and yeah, well, I'm in Florida, but I'm, I'm a pretty casual guy. So for me, that's usually like putting on a pair of jeans, some whatever it is, some boots. And, you know, me, I like my, um, I like my flannels and stuff like that. And, uh, I put on one of those like beaten up looking double RL flannels. And I always like to find a watch that goes with it. And the watch that nine times out of 10 that I grab to go, go with a look like that, cause it's, I'd say it's more cold or, or gray than not in, in Germany. Um, so, you know, I'm not wearing uh, short sleeve shirts and shorts all the time, but you know, that kind of like uh, cooler weather look. Um, I like to grab my sea dweller, my mm-hmm. great white. I love that watch because it's super comfortable on the bracelet. It's in great condition. It's got this awesome domed crystal and the loom has gone to such a color that, like I said, it works with like a faded out kind of distressed looking flannel or whatever it is. And it just, it's a perfect watch. So I love that time getting ready to go out, grabbing that watch, you know, getting it going. The date isn't too far off of where it needs to be. I said it, but, um, yeah, and then kind of waiting to go. That that's that to me is like the start of a good night. Cool. Does that answer your question? Nice one. Yeah, yeah, nice one. 
really nice. I mean, I know Friday or Saturday night is probably the answer for a lot of people. Although some people are morning people. They, like you say, they like the quiet of the morning or, but. You know, I asked this question from not the watch part, but which, uh, what's your favorite part of the day? Um, I asked it from Ed Milan, actually, from Moza during Dubai Watch Week. And he said, it's the morning when the kids get up and we make, make breakfast before they go to school. So everybody has a different answer, you know, and I have a different answer. Okay. Um, he says he loves the mornings. So, so for example, my, my favorite part of the day is the golden hour. Oh, that 4.30 p.m. type. Yeah, so just after the sunset. And, and so there's golden hour in the morning and in the evening, right? Golden hour before the sun uh, rises, and then there's also a golden hour just just after the sun sets. So my favorite part is the golden hour, especially in the summertime, just when the sun, a couple of minutes after the sun sets, so you have this beautiful... Um, Filtered uh, light. Gold, gold yeah. ye yellow, right, uh, light... Um, that's my favorite part, especially a summertime. And, um, and I, I maybe because I used to wear it a lot, but I remember wearing my, my vintage Speedmaster during these times. And I, I remember looking at it and I love how, how the dial looks, uh, the step dial with the, the applied logo, you know, it's kind of still shiny, but it's not that much light anymore. But there you have the depth of the step there, the depth uh, of the logo, because it's an applied logo. You can I see love it all it. in that light, right? You can really right. see the detail. Yeah. Right. And this is a memory that's like that's seared just like burnt in my memory. Like that and I can't even tell you, yes, I was here, or I was there, or I was on the terrace or whatever, but I remember many times that the sun just just barely kind of went behind the, the, the mountains or the buildings, whatever, and this this yellow light everywhere. And I look at the watch and it's beautiful. So that's my that's my, and it's too bad because it's only what five minutes and then it's gone. Yeah. Maybe ten minutes, I don't know. Um so that's yeah, that's my favorite part of the day. The the afternoon golden hour before the I mean after the sun sets. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And and that's also a very like you said, it's fleeting. It's it's there for just a brief period, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so that's special to me, and what you said is special to you because it's well, it's obviously a connection between you and your wife, and and your watch, and your your week. So that's I like this question because is you ask a thousand people and you get a thousand answers. Nobody, there's not going to be two guys who say the same thing. Pretty sure of that. It's a really good question. I have to um, I have to give you credit for that one. Thank you. I stole it from someone actually. That's okay. I think, I think I heard it somewhere. But was it always tied to watches or was it no, just no. tied to favorite part of the day? N no, it was, I don't remember. I, I think I read it somewhere and I uh, in an interview with someone, I said, wow, that's a cool question. And of course, part of the day, day, time, time, watches, it's connected to watches. So I think that's a, that's a joker question to ask. So there you have it. Two questions, four answers. Well, four questions, four answers, basically. Yeah. Two questions each, two answers each. It was a nice episode, I have to say. Yeah, I enjoyed it because I think um, this was one where, you know, we didn't go back and forth on favorite this or that, which I like that sometimes. But this was, um, I like the fact that there was no preparation and right. um, hopefully for the listeners, yeah, you got to hear us a little bit more versus something not not that we're ever scripted and making anything up but i think you got to hear us off the cuff a little bit so uh yeah it it, it was fun and um if you uh if you have any fun hypothetical questions you want to ask us we're happy to we're happy to bring those in again because uh or bring those up again so yeah i was i was about to say if if you guys enjoyed this better than us talking about vintage this or, di or divert that or whatever the case may be let us know and uh we're happy to to adapt our uh, busy schedule which is basically non-existent at this moment so we don't know uh what's gonna be do you know what's the topic gonna be for the next podcast i don't yet i don't yeah. yet um i i think uh well we'll think about I mean, it right 
I mean, I have to say that this podcast is not going out this Saturday, but next Saturday, right? Yeah. So, so we're time. Bit, yeah, we're a bit bit ahead, but yeah. So um, it's been great. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks so much, Balash. And to the rest of you out there, we'll talk to you soon. And thanks so much for listening. Like we said, if you've got show ideas, just hit us up. And with that, Mike is out. And Balash is out.